Good evening and welcome. It's Friday night. Hope you've got great weekend plans. This is the Independence Gang. I'm your host, JV, along with co-host Trish tonight. Trish, thanks for jumping into Britt's great big chair, big head, hat, whatever the heck he says he has. Rebecca, I saw you laughing about this, okay? I put this up on the screen and I saw you starting to chuckle. Please tell me you're chuckling about Britt's big head because he looks like he's my uh, pudgy Italian uncle, Bretonio or something in that, in that. Please tell me that's why you were laughing. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. I'm like, I started to laugh at that and I went, he can see me. So <laughs> <laughs> and I did see it. I saw you chuckle, uh, but it's well worth it. It's supposed to be funny. Hey, everybody, JV here. Please take a minute and consider supporting the program. Our expenses are going up just like everyone else's. And it takes a lot to bring the show to you five nights a week. So we'd appreciate you going to the website, independencegang.com. Click on the Donate tab, or you can just type in independencegang.com slash donate. And spend a minute considering giving us a gift to help us fund our operations here. The Independence Gang is a labor of love, but there are expenses associated with it, and we appreciate your help. By the way, if you're wondering who this stranger is in the bottom left-hand corner of your screen, this is Andy, who's a friend of Drew's, and now he's a friend of ours. Andy, before we get started tonight, tell us who the hell you are. Well, it's good to be with you guys. I'm excited to be on the program. I host a, a national talk radio show online and on about seven radio stations right now and uh, growing like a bee, so it's a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, excited to be with you guys to talk some topical issues yeah we're looking forward to it i can see the screen behind you it says the voice of reason and if people wanted to find the show online where would they find it who's your reason.com h-o-o-s-e-r reason.com and then all the social media has got the same handle as well so you guys can follow and watch the live streams download the podcast and uh, we have fun every day uh, for a one-hour program and i love the fact that you've got a good fancy chair just like mine i've got what's mine a secret lab what's yours erase something racer i, I have no idea yeah i think so racer. yeah yeah i have no idea uh, we're geeking out on chairs over here, Trish. Don't judge us, please. Anyway, yes, welcome, I will judge you. <laughs> welcome to everybody you. who's joining the program from wherever you're joining and however you're joining. We appreciate you being with us. We're looking forward to tonight's show. A lot of stuff going on. We're going to get started right away here. I want to talk about, actually, I hadn't had this planned, so I didn't even print this article out. But I saw it last second, so I just took a couple quick screen grabs so we can talk about it. But YouTube, as everyone knows, we just suffered our third YouTube suspension. We just came out of it. That's why folks on YouTube were able to see the program tonight. But um, YouTube pulled the uh, Republican National Committee's interview with Donald Trump over misinformation. That in itself may not be surprising. What I found to be really surprising is that their ex in their explanation, they say it was pulled because Trump claimed the 2020 election to be rigged without being challenged. YouTube told the RNC that the episode would have been allowed to remain on the platform if it had, quote, included sufficient context with countervailing views. Uh, Andy, I don't know if this is new or not. I, I don't remember um, YouTube offering uh, solace to people who actually allowed the debate to continue. Generally, if you just mentioned the uh, that there was fraud in the election, which I'm doing right now, we'll probably get cut, cut off here. But when you, if you just mentioned it, you got cut off. So is, is this new? Is this a new tact or what's going on here? 
Yeah, it's kind of an interesting take on there, isn't there? I mean, the fact that they're pulling it just because he interviewed the RNC. Look, I mean, he can say whatever he wants to, and you can agree or disagree, or you can look at it. There's a lot of people that obviously did challenge it. There's a lot of people that don't like it. I mean, right now, we see Liz Cheney getting cut off from the from the Republicans by about 60% of the counties in the state of Wyoming that don't like uh, her take on this because she's really gone anti-Trump on this statement. But, I mean, it, it, it's not expected I guess it's not an unexpected, the fact that uh, Trump's getting cut off just because he's talking about a rigged election. But just because there's not a counterpoint, I find kind of fascinating. There's plenty of Republicans that have a counterpoint to what he's saying. And if they want to look at that, they can look at any other article from any mainstream moderate rhino Republican. It's so true. Rebecca, you were telling us a story before we went live that you had a bit of a battle today with some social media. I don't want to share anything you don't want to share, but uh, you're, you're experiencing this stuff in real time as well. I think it's absolutely horrible. Everything is censored. Um, I, one of the people commented that it's very apparent that the last how many centuries in the United States has been run by the Democratic Party and what they want, what they see, what they, the way they want things to go. And if you uh, diverge in any other direction, then they just silence you and they ban you and they own every aspect of social media at this point. So if you do not adhere to their way of thinking, or if you say something they think is bullying or harassment, they just ban you. It doesn't matter who you are. And it seems like people who speak the truth, they are the ones that are instantly shut out. They don't want, it's, it's crazy. Trish, one of the things we've talked about on this program as it relates to this censorship, whether it's about the election, whether it's about COVID information, regardless of what it is, one of the ways we've been able to work through these disagreements throughout American history is to have the debates, have the discussions, let both sides, extreme or otherwise, duke it out until we come to a consensus. And when we come to that consensus, we're all generally pretty happy with the result. But that's not being allowed to occur anymore, Trish. And that's why this is all, everything is so contentious. Yeah, it's it's now called, you will be given your opinion and you will like it. And if you refuse to have the opinion that we are giving you, you will be banned. And that's that's where I'm kind of having the problem now because there is no discussion. There is no debate. We are told this is what you believe. And then, of course, you know, fast forward six months, a year, we find out that the side that was being silenced the whole time was correct all along. But we don't get an apology. If, if you got banned because of COVID misinformation, they don't give you your account back now. They're just like, oh, too bad. Sorry, you violated our terms. Sucks to be you. So that that's my problem is that the... They aren't adhering to their own rules. They aren't apologizing for the mistakes they're making. And here we are, you know, getting banned from Twitter, getting banned from Facebook, getting, you know, banned from TikTok, getting banned from everything. Yeah, I don't know what the numbers are. Uh, I know that a lot of high profile people, including the New York Post, uh, were banned over the Hunter Biden laptop story, or at least uh, the story wasn't allowed to be shared. I think they had a two week suspension for the wash or the New York Post when they uh, when they released that story. You know, I don't know how many people have paid a price for this, Andy. And along the way, their position, whether it was the Hunter Biden story or something else, turned out to be the absolute truth, the facts, the real story. Uh, and as Trish pointed out, they don't get reinstated. They don't get lost time uh, made up for them. They don't get an apology, even, even Andy. They just say it's just tough luck to them. Well, it's not only that. we got to remember the Hunter Biden case right now is really the most important case that's actually out there. But it's probably the 
uh, most underrated story that's out there, which is why exactly why we're seeing a story like this going after Trump for a comment that he makes about a rigged election. You got to remember what's going on out there. We have the Hunter Biden case that's being forcefully reinvestigated and taken back into Congress to actually be looked at. We have the Federal Election Commission that's actually putting a fine on the Clinton campaign for the Durham investigation that we now found out is real, but they don't want to actually admit that and talk about that in the mainstream media as well. So you can't look at the Biden family. You can't look at the Clinton family. You can't look at anything the Democrats are doing without looking at corruption. So the only way to get around that and actually not make that the main topical point in the mainstream media right now is to go back to, again, like they like to do, is Donald Trump, which is Donald Trump's rigged election. Donald Trump's a liar. Donald Trump's a fascist and a Nazi and a racist and a whatever else they like to say. That's the only thing they can go back to because everything else points directly back to them and they don't want the attention on them so close to a midterm election. Trish, I know this is kind of unorthodox, but I want you to go to uh, introduce your second story uh, because it relates to a lot of what we're talking about here in relationship to Donald Trump and some accusations that were made over the course of the last few days. And again, this is just the pattern for the media and the left and how they handle anything related to Donald Trump. Do you want to do that story now? Uh, yeah, if it would show up because now it's not showing up. All right, cool. So um, as everybody is well aware, um, CNN actually came out today and admitted that the official review of the Trump phone logs from January 6th found that they were complete. There was no missing gap. So I put up some nice reminders of what the mainstream media, of what a nice tweet from Citizens for Ethics brought up and Occupy Democrats, my personal favorite, because they blocked me on Twitter, which I think is hysterical. Um, just a nice reminder of where this has come. So what I would just I would just like to hear everybody's thoughts about this now that it's it's back in the in in the limelight again. So let me see. Oh, I have to have to pick somebody. See this? I'm <laughs> listen. Britt's so much better at this than I am. How about how about oh, we start with you're Andy? not we'll setting the bar Andy. very high, Trish. You're not setting the bar very high. <laughs> That's hilarious. No, we'll I, it Andy. makes total sense. It makes total sense. I mean, this fits right in line. If you look at the timeline of when this story came out and they say they were missing six, seven hours of the logs of the, the phone logs with Donald Trump was the exact same time when the same story came out regarding Hunter Biden and the emails and the fact that the laptop was being resubmitted in for investigation. And the exact same time when the FCC came out with their story saying that they put a slap and a fine onto the Clinton campaign for the Durham investigation and misleading people for trying to collude with Russia to tie it to Trump. That's exactly the same time. So this might have even been just a fabricated story to be try and take the attention off of the Clintons and off of the Bidens just to try and redirect towards Trump for a temporary matter. Now that that's passed, now they try to redirect and be like, oh, okay, I guess we found everything. The investigation is good. And we have all the logs. Yeah, and I, I found it interesting that I was reading, the, I actually read the CNN article. I know, pause for effect. I actually read CNN. Please don't, don't hate me. Um, but it was funny because they said, oh, it was already common knowledge that, oh, sorry. See, you had to it remind me. It says Brit, but that, I, it's the same, same thing. I know. It's the same thing. I, <laughs> see, I stopped sharing, but now it's still, there we go. Okay. It just takes some time. It's like, okay, whatever. But I, I found it interesting that in the article, they actually admitted that it was very common when Trump was in the Oval Office not to use landlines. He used people's cell phones. He used his own cell phone. This was common knowledge that he wasn't using any of the landlines in the White House itself. And this was very common for him in the Oval Office. So I found it funny that this was common knowledge to everyone, but yet everyone made it sound like, oh, seven and a half hours, he didn't use a landline in the White House. Oh my God, he's obviously doing something illegal and we have to, you know, this is just the next Watergate. I, it's, it, it just, I found the whole thing to be completely comical and blown out of proportion. Um, 
Rebecca, what do you think about this whole uh, January 6th thing? Also, they're saying that January 6th committee is now pulling these records, saying that this is just proof that Donald Trump was putting together this insurrection, him being completely off the White House landlines for that long. You know what? I think that it's just what they're, they're just looking for something to try to deter everyone's view from what's actually going on with Hunter and the most corrupt president in the entire history of the United States. And people don't give a crap about the January 6th event because it was fake. It was, it was planned. It was not, it, it just, it didn't come down to what they had wanted it to. And they are still all so desperately um, terrorized and, and traumatized from that. Oh, give me a break. They weren't even in, in the, in the, in the Capitol when it happened. And so the fact that they're still trying to just bring up anything to do with Trump, I think this is just pulling at threads at this point. And truly my question is, is why are they still looking at something that absolutely, well, you know why they're still looking at it? Because that was when Hunter Biden's laptop was stolen along with Nancy Pelosi's stuff. And, and, and all of these things come out and it's like, you, you've got Hunter Biden and God knows how many naked children and drug things and, and photos and things on his laptop, but you're still going to focus on January 6th phone calls and and what where Trump was. And it, I just think it's a big facade. And I, to be honest, I'll wrap this up. I think that they're not going to get anywhere with it. So we're going to see all hell break loose as to how do we distract the people. And I think bad things are probably coming from this administration because... They're going to do what they can to protect the president and Hunter, who's probably going to commit yep. suicide, in quotes. And, yeah, exactly. And they've already admitted, you know, we got to be aware because the next variant might just be around the corner. So we all got to you know, be on our... It is. Just, the next variant's right there, just waiting for us. <laughs> mm -hmm. yep. Anyway, what, what about you, JV? What do you think about the whole? I think I think what everyone has already said is absolutely true. Uh, in particular, that this is this is a, again a calculated distraction from what's really going on. Whether it's uh, Hunter Biden's laptop, inflation, uh, energy shortages, yeah. the southern border. Uh, you pick a topic. The Biden administration is completely upside on, upside down on every single one of them. And it's not just because they're not getting their messaging right, which is what we keep hearing from the media. If they only got their messaging right, we'd all be happy. No, it's because their policies suck and they're doing this to our nation intentionally. That's what we're pissed mm -hmm. off about. I just want to... Um, I just want to clarify something here because I saw a couple comments in chat that people weren't completely sure what we're talking about. If we go back a couple days, because I think we talked about this on Wednesday, I had this article, the White House uh, record, records turned over to the House um, J6 committee show a seven-hour gap in Trump's phone log. Now, this was uh, leaked to the press, and Bob Woodward, of all people, was one of the authors of the article talking about this gap in the phone records, comparing it to the 18-and-a-half-minute gap, which Trish had a story about in her collage of articles there, the 18-and-a-half-minute gap from Watergate, which actually led to the downfall of a president. So he was making that... that um, uh, correlation. He was trying to equate the two things. And Bob Woodward said, this is worse than Watergate. And who would know better than Bob Woodward who broke Watergate? Well, Bob Woodward turns out to be a partisan hack and a bit of an idiot, if you ask me. Because um, as you pointed out here, the seven-hour gap, that whole story was a hoax. A complete hoax and uh, trisha did a good job of explaining why that's the case um there was no gap it was just there was just no use of the phone for those for that time and that's 
very, very common, and was it was part of uh, Trump's normal practice, and it was not unusual in any way. Now, I want to take this somewhere else, because I, this is what I find interesting. As you pointed out, Trish, CNN broke the article that said this was a hoax. CNN came clean uh, with this. Um, and I'm wondering if CNN is starting to change their tune a little bit, because this article points out, Andy, that CNN, as we know, has not only been bleeding viewers and bleeding money after just going through an ownership change. Uh, they launched their uh, their new streaming service, which is CNN Plus. And after two days, Andy, they've already announced they're going to be sending out pink slips. And that this service, which got virtually no subscribers, is might be merged to the Greater Discovery Plus streaming service because nobody wants this. So, a couple things here. That point in itself, but plus, is CNN with this with this uh, article about the seven-hour phone log gap being a hoax? Are they starting to change their approach to news to try to win back some honest people? God, no. God, no. This is a sign of desperation for them to try to cover their tracks and backtrack before they get caught. Look, they can't handle another scandal of them being called out for lies. The entire last four years was about them hating Trump, and the little bit of ratings that they got was only because of their partisanship of talking about how bad Donald Trump was. So, of course, they were the first ones to run with a story like this because they thought they had something. And by the way, to your reference to Bob Woodward, Bob Woodward hasn't been relevant since Watergate, and all he's done is written books regarding Watergate, so he's been completely irrelevant since. And every other story that he's tried to break in journalism, quote-unquote, uh, has been in reference to, well, my experience in Watergate, and this looks like it was similar to that. <laughs> and uh, he can say whatever the hell he wants to, but it doesn't mean that it's actually like that. So this is CNN trying to backtrack, trying to CYA, and trying to actually get a little bit of validity back uh, in order so someone else doesn't actually call them out on it before they run the story before them. But they're not going to change their policy in journalism. They're just going to try and actually look like they called themselves out before someone else does it for them. The new uh, uh, CEO, um, I'm not sure if he's specifically the CEO of CNN or, the, or Discovery, but the guy that is now going to be or is running uh, CNN has said he wants to return Rebecca. Be Rebecca, he wants to return CNN. Are you okay? Everything all right? <laughs> my my computer, my camera dodged out on me and I was like, holy cow. So I had to sign back in again oh. really quickly. <laughs> um, I had to switch cameras. This guy, and I'm, I'm looking for his name and I can't find it here in the article. I know it's here and I will find it. But he says that he wants to return CNN to the days of its original founding where it was a relatively unbiased news source. He feels as though they're doing that job currently with reporting of Ukraine, uh, and um, he thinks that the whole network can return there. If they do, if, if it does, people are speculating that means there's no, no room in that network for Don Lemon, and there's no room on that network for Brian Stelter, among others. What do you think? You know, I'm kind of torn, because if we actually went back to the way the news used to be, they would be simply reporting. However, with everything that has blown up regardless with everything that has happened with in the last, uh, let's say 15 years, it's become more and more apparent in the last eight years how corrupt our newscasters are. I don't put it on anymore. I don't watch the news, it's propaganda. They all say the same thing across the United States. It's scripted, it's what they want you to hear. It is to form your mind and your thoughts and your opinions. And so if they're saying that they're gonna go back to, let's say like 1950s news, first of all, you know what? That means that they're going to encapsulate all the thoughts of the original news. And, and that would bring, I mean, that brings, 
I'm torn because that would bring back some traditionalist things, the way thinking is and the way that people used to be as far as family ideals. And I don't know. I, I, I tell you the truth, though, I, I really don't care because I don't trust any of the news sources. I just don't. I don't believe anything they say. Not a word, because what they say completely differs from what I hear upstairs. And I trust that a hell of a lot more. So, Trish, um, it's interesting that the media for, I don't know, a course of 48 hours anyway, but certainly for a, lo a long enough period to get the story out, was up in, a, uh, up in arms about this seven hour gap in a phone log uh, for President Trump. When President Biden gets on a helicopter and goes to Delaware almost every single weekend, and when he's in that home in Delaware, there are no logs. We don't know who's coming or going or calling or stopping or visiting or any of those things. And that has happened, I think, more weekends than it hasn't happened during his uh, still young presidency. Not a young president, but a young presidency. Yeah, the last count, I think, was 42 times. 42 weekends he's gone to Delaware um, during his presidency so far, which, I, come on, th that's absolutely, you know, for the people who bitched and moaned about golf, uh, Trump going golfing every once in a while, like they aren't bitching and moaning about Biden running away to the beach every weekend. It drives me crazy. But I would, but back to the CNN thing, I would absolutely love if CNN got back to its roots because I remember, okay, now my age is going to show. I remember when CNN first started and it was like the big deal because back then you only had the news. You got it at first thing in the morning. You got an hour at lunch. You got an hour at five o'clock. You got an hour at 11. That was it. None of this 24 hour news. Like anytime you wanted the news, you just turned on. That was such a, interesting thing and back in the day it was it was very not biased it was just reporting the facts like this is what happened we don't but now it's all speculation and that's that's the thing that kills me mm -hmm. about news right now there is no news it's all speculation we speculate this we spec this is what we think happened this is what we but honestly I, nothing would i would not love nothing more than to see don lamon and brian potato head stelter <laughs> have to actually report news no. without an agenda, without a bias. I swear to God that both of them would burst into flames immediately if that actually happened. Yeah, yeah. If that could, if it was even possible, I'm not so sure that either one could actually do it, especially Don Lemon. He he really thinks highly of oh. himself and his opinion. But since we're talking about news, Andy, there's another story that is now coming out. Jen Psaki will reportedly trade her White, White House gig for a job at MSNBC. Uh, couldn't go to a better network for her views and her her uh, lack of talent. Um, I do have a couple of clips here. They're a little long, but I think they illustrate something kind of interesting. And I did this, when we first started this program, I did a few mashups to kind of show how ridiculous Jen Psaki was. Here, here is a, uh, a single press conference cut down into a minute. Uh, and... and Andy, you know as a radio professional that one of the banes of radio existence is when you develop crutch phrases. You don't want to do that. Brit says, what not? All the time. What not all the time. And I've been breaking, for a year, been working on breaking him of the what not trap. And I've done a pretty good job. He doesn't, he doesn't say it nearly as much as he used to. And sometimes he actually catches himself. But if you're doing a professional announcing gig, whether it's radio, TV, whatever, you have to avoid cr crutch phrases. We know that Jen Psaki started out as the circleback girl because she kept saying circleback. And here's another one. We have conveyed privately what we've conveyed publicly. That's what we've conveyed publicly and privately as well. Exactly. 
exactly what I've conveyed, which is what I'm conveying as we convey the same thing we have conveyed uh, privately and publicly as well. There's more to convey to you. I am happy to do that. Here, here's what I can convey to you. I'm, I'm not sure what specific jobs you're comparing. What I'm conveying is uh, to ensure that he is conveying as you conveyed. People will benefit from as soon as this weekend as we conveyed. And I, I think what uh, Ambassador Jacobson and Secretary uh, Mayorkas were conveying and what I've conveyed is what our responsibility here is to do is to project and convey the efforts of smugglers and others who are conveying a different message. Here's as I just conveyed, we have conveyed privately what we've conveyed publicly. I don't have a list of facilities, but I will convey that we are or reiterate um, all of our uh, principles will be conveying. The president has been doing this a while and certainly he had a good sense of what he wanted to convey. Uh, what I can convey to you is that uh, that was what he was trying to convey. All right. So, Andy, as a radio guy, uh, that must be like fingernails on a chalkboard to you because it was to yeah. me. Well, look, I don't even think this is a crutch word. I think this is how they do their administration. Now, look, first off, if this is the best the Democrats have to try and take out of the White House to put into MSNBC, then all the power to you, because uh, whether it's Circleback Saki or some call her Peppermint Patty or whatever the hell you want to call her, uh, she obviously doesn't know what she's talking about because for the whole, we're going to circle back to you. She had no clue even how to talk uh, to the press regarding the White House. Uh, and I think she's getting tired of actually covering for Joe Biden. As Trish, you mentioned a little bit ago about what Joe Biden's doing with his records and going back to Delaware all the time. You got to remember, this is the guy that wakes up at 930 and doesn't get to the White House till 930, 10 o'clock in the morning uh, and talks to his wife for a half hour, probably to remember where he is and what he's doing and what his name is, because he has a problem with that most of the time as well. Uh, so much different than what we saw with the Donald Trump to where he would talk to the press every single time that he was walking to the helicopter to Air Force One and would stop and talk to the media and banter with them for 15 minutes before he would go on, go on about his way. We don't know what Joe Biden and his administration actually do. So the fact that Peppermint Patty, she actually has to uh, leave the White House and go to MSNBC and act like she's some type of uh, great journalist or great reporter and that she's going to bring the ratings to them just shows the desperation of the Democrat Party because they don't have anybody else. They won't let in anybody else into their inner circle. They won't let anybody else be the face of the Democrat Party. And if that's the best they got, then bring it on for the midterms because we're ready. Rebecca, uh, v uh, Vice President Kamala Harris's communications chief, I think was her title, something along those lines, left, I don't know, six months ago. She also went to MSNBC. I'm assuming, and I, I'm trying to think of a single GOP uh, presidential staffer that has gone to either MSNBC or CNN to do any any kind of commenting or other work, and I can't think of any, but they sure love bringing the Democrats over. They do, actually, they do. Now, I, I mean, to kind of balance that out, I know that there have been people who have... Um, been with, 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 let's say, the Trump administration, and they'll go take a seat here and there for Fox. And I understand that, it, you know, they're, they're taking the side of the, the newscasters that mostly resemble the, what uh, their beliefs are and what the administration is doing. So the only thing is, though, is that Saki and Kamala, they're just imbeciles. They just cannot <laughs> come up with the words. Yes, they are. They, she, I'm going to convey to you this because I don't know what else I'm going to say. So the message I'm conveying is that I'm really not sure what the hell I'm supposed to say. I kind of feel like Joe Biden right now that I can't convey a message. And so watching her do all of that, watching her body language, watching her eyes, 
it was there was a form of when she speaks or when she was up there speaking to the news there was a form of desperation in everything that she did and she couldn't answer a question until she flipped to that question in front of her like they are she already knew what they were going to ask there was no impromptu questions being asked um unless fox was up there what i just went blank so the 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 gentleman from fox who's peter doocy like, gets up peter doocy yes doocy he beats the hell out of her and it's fabulous um but that was really the only time that she would get you know a little kerfuffled the rest of it was like oh um uh, that's page 13 let me okay so to answer your question it says here so she was constantly looking down i don't know she's just an idiot i'm sorry yeah she doesn't seem yeah, she doesn't seem to be able to speak very well unless she's got the answer prepared in front of her. And every time Peter Ducey yeah. would stand up to ask a question and she probably felt obligated to call on him, she, you could see the anger building in her face, Trish, just yeah. when, just by having to call on him, she felt like that was yeah. beneath her. Yep, absolutely. And I, I, going back to the other one, okay, so Trump had Scaramucci for like five seconds. And, you know, honestly, who didn't want Scar? I mean, it's I'm, the Mooch... You know, I can't believe somebody didn't pick him up. It's just, it's a tragedy right there. Um, and then we had Spicer. Spicer went to Newsmax, so I don't know if that counts. Spicer's on Newsmax now. Um, and Kaylee McInerney has really been doing her own thing. She wrote a book. She's yeah, done she's on Fox a lot too. She's, she's on yeah, Fox. She's yeah, she's on Fox she's a lot. Done. So, yeah. so, so the Trump people have gone, but it's not like they don't get like the MSNBC gig, the the prime time, you know. And it's just like, it's just written, like, if you're a Democrat and you work in the Democrat administration, you're going to get a slot at CNN, MSNBC, you know, because that's where just everybody goes to die, I guess, if you're a Democrat and you work for the administrations <laughs> for some reason. But, but no, I, it's, I, and whoever told, whoever's the stylist at the White House, if you're listening, could you please stop telling her to wear red because it is the worst <laughs> color for her? Oh my God. Like, I'm not like a style guru or anything, but that color is so bad for her. Please stop. I'm going to go around one more time, uh, Trish, and then you can take it. But, um, you know, Andy pointed out if this is the best they've got, uh, you know, let MSNBC have them. Uh, let, let CNN have them. I do know. I mean, obviously, you can go as far as George Stephanopoulos from the Clinton administration. I mean, he hosts what uh, this week with ABC. What does he host on ABC? Uh Meet the press? What? I don't even know. Yeah, it, I don't know. Whatever. No, I think it is. I think it is. Yeah, the uh, um, it's mornings with Stephanopoulos or something. Oh, they, is he? It's not just weekends. It's all it's during the week as well. I think he has a morning show. Jeez, yeah. Oh man. Well, at least he can string a few words together, I suppose. Uh, you know, one of the things that we've been struggling with is to come with up with an answer for this. Uh, for fuel prices, for energy shortages, and it seems that the Biden administration has found the answer. Just wave a magic wand and tighten fuel standards for new cars and trucks. Heck, let's have them get 49 miles per gallon instead of the current standards, which are 28 miles per gallon. So the Biden administration announced today that new fuel economy standards requiring new vehicle vehicles to go farther on less fuel will reduce pollution and greenhouse gas emissions. The corporate average fuel economy standards require uh, manufacturers to achieve an average of 49 miles per gallon for passenger cars and light trucks beginning by the year 2026. Andy, the current number is 28. How do they get to 49? There's only one way to do it, and that's to stop selling gas vehicles and start forcing the electric cars. Yeah, here, I'm going to use a catchphrase from the Obamas and the Bidens. Let me be clear. Let me be clear for a second. <laughs> Joe Biden and the Biden administration are complete buffoons. They are doing 
everything in the book to try and look like it's not their fault for the gas prices to go up from blaming Russia and the Ukraine to blaming the inflation rates to blaming the fact that cars aren't mainstream. They are doing everything in their power to try and remind, not remind individuals that gas was a buck 80 when Trump left office. And now it's almost $4 a gallon in most places across the nation right now, while he's doing this and trying to raise up the gas miles per gallon on, on the cars. Okay, cool. They're the same ones that are trying to say that everybody wants an electric vehicle and wants a hybrid vehicle, which is a bunch of crap because I don't want that in my car. I don't want to be able to drive that. I drive 30, 40 minutes to work every single day. I'm in Kansas. If we get a snow or ice storm, I'm not... I'm not trusting my little electric vehicle to actually do something like that. At the same time, they want to release a million barrels of oil reserves a day for the next six months. Guys, we consume 22 to 24 million barrels a day in the United States alone. 40% of that goes to cars and trucks uh, for their fuel. And he thinks that releasing a million barrels a day is going to solve the gas issue while depleting the reserves to where when we do have an emergency that we're not going to have anything left. He's oh, sorry, we're going to go to $8 a gallon here. And thinking the same way he's going to fix it is to be able to raise the miles per gallon here on the cars. That's like Barack Obama when he was talking about the green energy crap and saving gasoline is to make sure that your tires were the right pressure yeah. in your tire. Like, come on, guys. Yeah, and, and make sure you don't leave your uh, your chargers plugged into the wall when you're not using them. That was our that was our energy policy, yeah. Rebecca. So, uh, Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg, in this announcement, said that the rule would stop 5.5 trillion pounds of carbon dioxide from entering the atmosphere through mid-century. He said today is a big step and just one part of an all of the above strategy by the Biden Harris administration to accelerate our path to clearer, cleaner energy and electric vehicles how is this an all of the above strategy in any way shape me. or form rebecca oh my god it's absolutely killing me okay that new hyundai vehicle that just came out it takes a full eight hour charge to bring the battery to full charge um but it has a self-charging capability that while it, it when it's plugged in um, I'm not sure of the specifics of it, but you can plug it in at one of those little gas stations and it only takes six and a half hours because then it will start <laughs> to charge it. Yeah, that's going to happen. Okay, so then their whole pro their whole thing is to to better the environment. They're going to decrease carbon dioxide and they're going to... Okay, but let's look at the lithium mines that are digging through the freaking crust of the of the world and all of the slavery and everything else that goes into it in these parts of the country to create the lithium. You know what? I just think that's the most ass backwards way of thinking that they're going to improve anything. Not to mention if the freaking grid goes out, because that's one thing that they're probably going to end up pushing as well, knocking out the grid. And not only, you know what? It's not just, there's so much going on here of what they're trying to uh, obtain. We're going to, let's, let's talk really quickly about what Biden is trying to do. Now the, I'm going to throw you all on the choo-choo crazy train right now, because <laughs> you know what? I said a long time ago, JB, and, and I, Britt was on, I don't even remember what it was, but I didn't, I said, I don't believe that Putin is going to attack Ukraine. I told you that. And it wasn't, he's not attacking the people, he's not attacking Ukraine. It's what the narrative is that they're showing you. What he is doing and why Biden is flipping out right now and all of this stuff is coming out was what I heard years ago, that this is a this COVID thing is a purging of people, bad people, pedophiles, horrible leaders. They're all being taken out. I also said that Putin and Trump 
have been in a little cahoots on the back, not in a bad way, but trying to stop trafficking, sex trafficking, child abductions, all this crap. Ukraine's a major portal for that. And the people are even there saying, thank God this is finally happening, but you don't see that advertised. I, I, we're talking about electric cars. I know I went off on a crazy train, but it all about boils down to Trump, I'm sorry, Biden attempting to dismantle the United States and make people weak, put them in electric cars. Are you freaking kidding me? Jack up the price, remove the food. Oh my God. And let's throw in a goddamn bird flu. So there's no more freaking Chick-fil-A. Okay. Uh, you know what? It's just, it's asinine. They're just like, okay, what's, what's next? Do we have any more crap paper we can throw at this? Do you know what I'm saying? I know. I understand. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> But it no, all no, is it, intermingled. Yeah, it's think, a web yeah, of there, crap. There's no question. There's so there's so many layers to this that are not being reported, and uh, it's going to exactly. take it's going to take a while to get it all sorted out. I have. Um, uh, <laughs> Britt would be proud. Yes, he would be very proud. That's why I put him <laughs> up there in honor of everything you just said. There he is, uh, <laughs> Trish. I have said a hundred times, maybe a thousand times, watch the documentary Planet of the Humans. It's a Michael Moore documentary. I don't didn't think I would ever, ever, ever recommend a Michael Moore documentary, but this one I do. I don't draw the same conclusion that Michael Moore draws in this documentary, but he pulls back the curtain on the sins of this clean energy, green energy industry. It is none of the sort. It's not green. It's not clean. It's not affordable. It's not safe. And it's poisoning the planet more so than any fossil fuel you can imagine. Planet of the humans. The other thing Trish will say, and then you can comment and then take it to your story. But um, you're, if, you, if you want to drive anywhere more than four hours away and you have an electric vehicle, you got to stay overnight because you can't, you can't, you don't have enough time to charge the vehicle to get home. Americans don't want it. We, this is a big country. This is a lot of geography to cover, and most of us like to do it in our cars. So this whole idea, I mean, I, I suppose it's just the urbanites that think they're zipping around a city in an electric vehicle and, you know, go buy your groceries and go home. But a lot of us travel great distances in our vehicles, and an electric car just won't cut it. Yeah, I it, listen, I, I'm in Florida. To drive from Key West to Pensacola, which is as far south as you can get all the way to the out the panhandle in the north, um, takes over 13 hours just to drive from one end of my state to the other end. There's no way electric cars are going to work out here. Not, not a unless they like somehow can figure out how to make them solar, then maybe we have a chance, but that's really the only way it's going to work. Um, but if it, I, I'm going to reiterate what JV said, I actually did watch Planet of the Humans finally. Thank you. You I did? I actually watched it. Nice. Yes, I did. And it was very, very good. And the thing that I liked the most about it was that he really broke down how all, especially like the Al Gores, he broke down how the Al Gores actually invest their money. And they all tout, you know, this clean energy, this, that. And you find out that like 93 to 95% of their stock portfolio is all oil, oil and petroleum. And it's only this little tiny sliver. And, and then that little tiny sliver isn't even what you think it is either. So they break that down too. It's, and they talk about the lithium mines and the cobalt mines. And they talk about, you know, that the sheer amount of energy needed to get those ores out of the ground. There's no way you could do it with electricity. There's, there's just, it's not possible. So they're gonna need petroleum to do the mining to make the electric cars, which 
is doesn't that defeat the purpose if, if we're going to go electric? I, none of it makes any sense to me at all. I'm just like, why don't we all just drive golf carts? Like, honestly, that's I kind of feel like that's where we're going. Like, we're all going to have like these little itty bitty solar powered golf carts and like mopeds. And that's all we're going to be allowed to have. But yet, you know, the elites, they're going to have their private jets and their and their mega yachts and their that's what I love Leonardo DiCaprio because he always is out on stage talking about clean energy. And it's like, dude, you have a mega yacht that burns like something ridiculous, like 300 gallons of diesel, like every 20 minutes or something. I mean, just something insane <laughs> like that. I'm like, dude, you can shove it up your little Golden Globe winning award winning butt because there there's no way that you are going to convince the average American. And when Joe Biden went on that stage and said, oh, well, you know, gas is so expensive. Just buy an electric car. Okay, dude, I can't afford $42 to fill up my car. You think I can afford a $60,000 electric? My car is paid off. I don't have a car payment. And so when you double my gas prices, it kind of puts a little, you know, pinch in my budget there. So for him to think that I can afford, one, to go out and buy a $60,000 car, which I cannot, two, afford to have all the little accoutrements, you know, because you got to get the special charger put into your house. Mm -hmm. And then you got to make sure you have a charger at your job just in case your battery dies. And you got to have, I think that it's just, it's absolute insanity. We don't have the infrastructure. Look at California. They can't right. even keep the grid working to keep their air conditioning on right now. And you think they're going to change over to electric cars? What's going to happen is California is going to become a third world country because there's no way they can do it. No way. Mm -hmm. Just to reiterate, my governor is the best governor ever, and I'm so glad I live in Florida. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. And do, go oh, and yours, I should yeah. go to my story. <laughs> there we go. So there we go. I just want <laughs> plugging Ron DeSantis once again, because that's what I do. All right. So wait, where's my story? Oh, Jesus. JV, I swear. I don't know what's happening. It was there, and now it's not. Okay, let me try again. Let me open it again and see if it'll work. <sighs> While Otherwise, I'll just talk about yeah, it. Yeah, no, while you're doing that, uh, please subscribe, follow, like, and share the program wherever you happen to be watching. And I do apologize. I'm still getting over this COVID thing. Everybody who's been paying attention to the program knows that I was completely flat on my back last week. I'm uh, I'm feeling a lot better, but I still have a lot of congestion. Did you have to deal with this, Andy? You know, honestly, I have not. I had a cold the last couple of weeks, but I haven't had, uh, luckily, I haven't gotten COVID, hadn't had to worry about all that. We didn't lock down a whole lot here in Kansas, although our Democrat governor tried to. We were actually the first uh, state in the nation in 2020 to, to not have the kids return back from, from uh, spring break. And they tried to lock some things down, which they did for a while, but we've been one of the first ones to really come out and try and fight some of this back. So we're completely opened up. We're happy and hunky-dory, and uh, I don't know whether I have had it or not. I haven't gotten tested. I ain't getting vaccinated. I have no plans <laughs> to do so in any way, shape, or form. So who knows whether I, I was either going to get the sniffles or I was going to die. I wasn't sure which one. Yeah, I, uh, I, I hadn't had any problem for two years, and then uh, last week I... I got hit pretty hard, but it was just, you know, I've had the flu before, Rebecca, and it was just like the like the worst flu I'd had. It, it wasn't any real any different than that. I mean, if I had to really an, analyze it. I had the flu and it almost killed me. I mm. had COVID and yeah, I had COVID and I was like, I couldn't breathe. I could, couldn't smell and I couldn't taste. And that was the extent of it. That was it. And it still screwed up my system. Everything tastes like Coke and Pepsi at all. Still, I'm having that, that problem right yeah. now. The taste smell thing. It's actually driving me nuts. Never goes away. There are a few things in life that I enjoy. And one of them is a good cup of tapioca pudding. And it doesn't taste like anything right now. It has no taste whatsoever. <laughs> it tastes like anything to begin with. Yes, it was good <laughs> vanilla goodness. Vanilla tapioca goodness, Trish. Did you get your... Did you get your <laughs> no, uh, I 
Did you get anything? Yes, I, okay, I had to pull it up like three times, but it finally worked. But no, okay. and I I have not had COVID either. So, and I have where I'm not vaccinated. I will not get vaccinated, and I had to work every day. So, I like listen. I think it's all just a crapshoot. It is what it is. You're gonna get it or you're not. That, that's get a fifty fifty chance. You're gonna get it or you're not gonna get it. There you go. And I'd say <laughs> if it's, you get it, I I'd do say hope it's probably, that it's just uh, yeah. I'd say it's probably a hundred percent chance everybody at some point is gonna get it because like you've all pointed out, yeah. it's like it's gonna be just like the common cold. It'll be a little more severe than the common cold, but it's gonna spread like the common cold. It's gonna be seasonal. Everybody's right. gonna get it every once in a while, and that's just the way it is. And it's mm -hmm. here forever. So anyway, so I was listening yes. to the show on Wednesday night. So. I just I, I wanted to go talk about this topic again because I was screaming um, in my as, as I was laying in bed listening to the show when you guys were talking about the teachers unions. Um, so I wanted to talk about a couple things here. So that all the news is now coming out. Um, it came, I actually just grabbed this um, as you can see this morning, 9:30. This came out um, that just how much the CDC was in bed with the teachers unions over writing all these guidelines for schools. Um, I mm. was so appalled by this whole thing. So I wanted to clear up a couple of things about teachers unions um, when it comes to, I've been teaching, this is my 23rd year of teaching. And if you are, when I taught K through 12, you have to be a member of the union. And if you are not, they fine you the same amount that your union dues would be, and you have to pay anyway. So most teachers are in the union, not because they want to, but because you have no choice. Because if you don't join the union, the unions fine you. So you have to pay to be a teacher, which I think was interesting. Um, but anyway, so I just wanted to get a couple uh, uh, to get, I'll start, actually, I'll start with Rebecca this time. Um, so what do you think in general about the fact now finding out that the teachers unions coordinated and did line by line edits of these, of these guidelines? I'm not shocked at all. Not surprised in the least. Um, I was a professor with Indiana University for almost 10 years and sitting in and listening to their liberal rhetoric killed me half the time. I had I would just have to leave. I couldn't deal with it. Um, the elementary schools in Wisconsin, it was like Heil Hitler and it was it was horrible coming in. It was either you you follow this, you do this, these poor kids. I, I, it, it felt, I mean, seriously, they used to do this thing like the dab. They'd go like dab and like fun time. And every time they do it, I go, hi. And my husband's like, stop, don't do that. <laughs> this is a, you know, we're, we're at a parent event for the kids. I'm like, seriously, I feel like this is, if you don't follow the rules, they're going to take you out. And that's exactly how it felt. Now in Iowa, Kim Reynolds is our governor here. She's fantastic. She's awesome. Like there's no masks it's a it, they they've treated covid here the superintendent of the schools here just west of des moines said basically in a letter um we're treating covid as the flu if you don't like that that's just too bad we're not mandating masks if you want your child to wear one great but you will not get a report on if johnny has it and they're in the same class it's just the way it is get over it and I, I wrote him and I said, holy cows, that was the freaking best letter I ever, I've, I've written. I can't even believe I read that. And um, so Iowa, as far as I know here around Des Moines, surprisingly, um, Kim Reynolds has held it together about schools and everything. Um, yeah, I was really impressed I, when they came out and said that they were just declaring it was endemic, that there was no pandemic this was an endemic thing and it was just going to be here to stay. And they were, so I was really impressed by, by your governor when, when she did that. So she's awesome. Bravo to you. 
Bravo to you. Yeah. Yay for your governor. Um, so Andy, um, shocked, in though. this article, there we go. So Andy, in this yeah. article, um, it also brought up that in May of 2021, um, there was a sizable donation made in the amount of $20 million um, made to the Democrat Party before by the teachers unions, just as all this was happening. Do you feel that that's a coincidence, sir? Wow. Shocker. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's not surprising <laughs> the fact that the teachers union has been involved with the DNC, that's been involved with the CDC with some of these COVID guidelines. Uh, it, it's not a shocker. I mean, the fact that the kids are the last holdouts for some of these COVID guidelines of the nation when Congress, obviously, during the State of the Union, it was all done and everybody didn't have to wear masks and they didn't have to, I guess they had to test uh, negative before they went in there like the day before or something. But outside of that, they didn't have to worry about anything. But yet it's the kids, the kids where we see study after study after study that when you look and see what the heck is actually in the mask after a kid wearing it for a couple hours and they see hepatitis and they see the flu and they see this virus and they see that virus uh, and it's loaded up with anywhere from six to ten different things in this mask from kids where the same kids, by the way that start to rub their eyes and rub their nose and take off the mask and have to breathe and say like those are the kids those are the, the the demographic in the nation that we have the last holdout for all because the unions say that the teachers are scared to go back into the classroom because they want to get it even after getting vaccinated and triple vax and all their boosters and everything else and they say that oh we're scared to go back in because the kids spread stuff. No kidding, kids spread stuff. They're supposed to get stuff because that that's what builds up their natural immunities. But yet they're the last holdout to where they have to wear their masks and do all these guidelines. It's sick. We had our local school district here where actually we got a few conservatives in this last election uh, on the board. Now it's tied three to three on the board. And uh, they actually shut down the ceremony to, to officially swear them in publicly because they refused to wear the mask in the same building for the last two months where they've been training to become school board members and they never had to wear a mask in the school building, but they were supposed to do it during the public ceremony to swear them in and they refused to. They shut it down and didn't let the kids do their ceremony, didn't let the kids actually do their presentation, all because the, the few school board members refused to wear the mask after being told they didn't have to for the last two months during their training session. This is the hypocritical crap that we have to deal with all because of the bureaucracy to say it's quote unquote for the kids. Yeah, exactly. Well, and I, the thing that I found most amusing about this whole thing is that the teachers unions were putting out posts all over social media like, okay, teachers, since you're not actually in the classroom, don't post any pictures of you on vacation. Don't post those pictures of you on the beach in Puerto Rico because we're supposed to be, this is supposed to be a deadly pandemic and that's why we can't be in the classroom. So don't post your spring break pictures mm -hmm. or don't post your vacation. Cause I literally, I know personally of two teachers uh, here in the county that I live in who um, were teaching from the beach in Puerto Rico, which below, which wow. that alone is that, that should disqualify. This is not a pandemic. This is, this is, this no. is a farce, but. But my last thing, JV, that was in this article that I thought was very funny was that the CDC wanted to remind us that this whole process was free from political meddling. <laughs> yeah. So remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if they keep telling themselves that, they might start to believe it. I, I know they think we're going to, but I don't know. I don't think we are. I think we see too clearly. You know, I'm, let me just say this in general. First of all, liberals and Democrats, if if they're not hypocritical, they're nothing. And whether you're talking about climate change, you're talking about uh, John Kerry uh, telling you you can't heat your home and you can't drive your car, yet he's hopping on private jets flying all around the world, or um, um, Al Gore, uh, the same thing, telling you 
that we need to save the planet because in seven years we're all going to die. Yet he's heating, you know, his five 14,000 square foot mansions. Um, or Nancy Pelosi, uh, just the other day, was it yesterday or the day before, saying we can't turn back, we can't undo the things that we've already done to help save the planet. Meanwhile, she's she's got a private jet. She's flying back and forth to San Francisco every week uh, right. on taxpayer yeah. dimes. I mean, they're all hypocrites, whether it's about climate change, whether it's about the uh, pandemic, or whether it's about this school stuff. Let me say this, and I said this the other night about the teachers' unions. Teach, the, the whole public education system has, has be, become a corrupt uh, distortion of what it was supposed to be. It has turned into a massive government jobs program. The amount of money we spend on education is actually quite sickening, and they want more all the time. When's the last time your school taxes went down? And I know we're not all in the same state, but in New York State, school taxes are out of control. I mean, it's putting people out of their homes. These taxes are so high. And in New York State, if it's not like your state, you pay an annual school tax based on the value of your home. Um, these, the public education system has become an indoctrination mill for liberal Democrats, socialists, Marxists. It's become a lawn, money laundering operation for Democrats. As you pointed out, they're giving money all the time. I think, I think the teachers unions were the biggest contributors to Demo Democrat candidates uh, in the last election cycle. And that happens. Yeah, I think it's 99% of the monies donated to political causes from the national, that from the NEA and all the other big teachers unions are, is Democrat. Yeah. 99%. So, so they force these teachers, most of them who are liberal anyway, but I know some conservative teachers. I've got a good friend who teaches in the local high school here. He's a conservative. Can't talk about anything or be, he, you know, he wouldn't no. be able to go to school every day. No. But they force these teachers to pay dues to these unions that, that put the money into, into uh, Democrat coffers. And, and, it, and it shouldn't be surprising, I'm just going to collect my thoughts here, it shouldn't be surprising that the Rachel uh, Walensky's, is that her last name, Walensky? Walensky, uh, uh, yeah. The director of the CDC is in contact with these teachers. She comes from academia. That's where she came from. These are her people. They're from academia. They're liberals. That's all the same group. It's the same cabal. Of people. Same so, with Fauci. And, Same and with Fauci. That's exactly he's, he's right. He's an academic. He's a researcher. Yeah. That's, that's exactly right. Ask yourself, when is the last time anyone has heard a, a, a proclamation or an announcement coming from a teacher's union that actually you thought to yourself, wow, that'll be good for my kids? Have you? I can't think of one. Not one. Because the education of your children and the welfare of your children is the least of their concerns. They don't give a shit. They don't care about the kids. It's all about them, their money, and their power, and their ideologies. That's what it's all about. Oh, yeah. And that's what you're seeing in Florida right now with this, with the House bill that just passed that Governor DeSantis just signed. We now have teachers in droves down here saying, I'm going to quit teaching because if I can't talk about you know, my experience and my life to my seven-year-old and six-year-old students that I'm just going to quit teaching. And I'm like, your terms are acceptable. There's the door. Have a nice day. Honestly, I hope mm -hmm. they all quit because you have no business. I'm sorry. When I was in school, I mean, I didn't know. I only knew about my teachers because I lived in a small town. So, I mean, we knew everything about everybody, but they never talked about their life or their personal life or their, we, they never talked about that. And now we have teachers who are like, I must be able to talk to my six-year-old students about my girlfriend and our lesbian love affair. I, this, this is very important that these kids know about this. I'm like, this is bullshit. Like if you need affirmation from a six-year-old to get your life rolling, you have serious mental problems and you need to be at a psychiatrist's office 
not teaching. That's pure and yes. simple. These people need to be they can't come within 10 miles of a school, in my opinion, if that's if that's what the case is. Yeah, as many uh, conservative commentators have pointed out, if you were if your six year old, five year old, six year old was on a bus, a public bus, and and somebody sitting next to them, some adult started talking to them about their genital genitals or their or their sexuality, that person would be considered a pedophile and would be in jail. Mm -hmm. What makes it appropriate for a, a teacher to do that? The teacher has no specialty training in gender fluidity or any of these other things. They don't have any of that. They may have attended a conference about it because they're talking about these things in conferences, but they're, they're no expert. So what makes it any different? It should be considered the same crime if a teacher does it. Do you want me to take it from here, Trish? Agreed. Yeah, you go right ahead. Okay. It's all yours. All right. So this, uh, you know, this, this goes under the file, Andy, of release the news late on Friday because nobody's paying attention. Finally, the Border Patrol agents that were accused of whipping uh, immigrants as they tried to cross the border have been cleared of criminal misconduct. Now, the only reason this was even uh, released, this information was released, is because there was basically a lawsuit coming to uh, to get the information out of uh, DHS. So the National Border Patrol Council president, I'm assuming the National Border Patrol Council is is an organization or union maybe that uh, the Border Patrol agents belong to. I'm, I'm making that assumption. But his name is uh, Brandon Judd. He, they were, uh, through the threat of a lawsuit, forcing the DHS to release the information. And they've been told that these uh, agents that were accused of whipping migrants in September were cleared of any criminal misconduct and uh, amid the ongoing investigation in the incident. Now, Andy, Mayorkas, DHS Secretary Mayorkas, said that this investigation back in September would take days, not weeks. And here we are. How many months? That's, uh, that's three plus th six months later. Seven months later, and uh, they had to be forced to release this information. Well, they didn't want to release this information. Look, this is stupid. This is a, such a stupid article, a stupid piece to even be talking about uh, from the mainstream media and the fact that they had to report it because it was ridiculous from the beginning. You could see very clearly in the pictures from uh, from the Border Patrol agents that were using the quote-unquote whip. It was nothing more than the reins of the uh, of the horse that they were riding, that they were chasing after the guy. Uh, and the couple there that was running, it was a clear-cut case. It was the progressives that tried to make us think out of it because they didn't want to focus on their failures on the immigration border because you have a VP that got put in, in a task force as a czar to handle it, where she went down and got booed out of Central America, went to California for a vacation, then went to Washington, D.C. to try and actually just you know sit back and think that she actually handled the thing. So they had to do a distraction here. Uh, which they did by saying that the Border Patrol agents are, of course, racist and they don't care about the migrants and so on and so forth. And it was such a stupid story all the way back when saying that they were whipping individuals. Uh, so they had to clear it officially, which is why they do it on a Friday night when no one's paying attention, no one cares. So that way they say they released it publicly, but they didn't want any more attention drawn to it because no one even bought the story in the first place. And the Democrats, just like CNN before, just like MSNBC before, uh, they look foolish when they try to run these things. And now they're trying to backtrack themselves. Yeah, and Rebecca, Joe Biden gets up at a podium back in September and says, the people responsible for this will pay. They will pay dearly or whatever he said. Just like he said that Rittenhouse is guilty. Just like he said that everyone involved in J6 needs to go to jail. He rushes to judgment. He makes these proclamations. Yeah. He never comes back and apologizes or corrects the record. No, he convicts people immediately on these 
horrible news stations and people are already riled up and angry. And now they're like, yeah, I want to belong to a club too. So let's convict this person because I had no friends growing up and I was bullied. So this is great. And so when he gets up there and does that, it's like, really? You just, you just convicted someone on national television and you, they're now in danger. And where's the due process? It's gone. You just threw it out the window and now this person is convicted. And it's, it's absolutely asinine. I don't think he even can think, I mean, watch him in all of those videos. He's like, come on, man. And oh, he just, him and Saki, that like, let's just convey. And <laughs> they just don't know what to say, I don't think. It's, I don't get it. I don't, I, but it's angering that he does that repetitively. Trish, uh, this is not over, though, because the administration feels like it needs to extra, extra, exact a pound of flesh somewhere. They said, despite the fact that these uh, agents have been cleared of any criminal behavior, they are now starting an investigation that will focus on the possibility of policy violations to see if action needs to be taken there. Uh, they don't want to be wrong. They, gotta, they want to find something. Yeah, it's one of those things that they don't have evidence of everything, so they're just going to keep digging until they find something eventually. And that's and that's sadly what the Democrats do when it comes to everything. They don't have any proof. They have, well, they claim they have proof, you know, like, you know, our lovely, you know, uh, senators who are, or who are in these committees who are like, oh, well, I have proof, blue from plain sight, although it's not there. Um, but that's what they do. They dig until they can find anything to grab onto. So it's this, there is no due process there is, the, the, it is, the Democrats are doing a free-for-all and they're trying to do anything to make everybody look bad. And the thing with these border patrol agents is they're doing their jobs. Their job is to secure the border. That's literally their job. The politicians don't want to obey the laws. They want to change those laws. They want to disregard the laws we have while the border patrol agents are doing their job, which is to enforce the laws that we have. So it's, it's this crazy, crazy world that we live in where our own politicians and legislatures are the ones telling us, oh, well, those laws shouldn't count. We're not going to pay attention to those laws. Just these new ones that we're going to create, but the old ones, they don't count. It's it's absolutely, we live in clown world. We live in clown world. That's just it. Yeah. And Andy, it was just announced that the Biden administration is going to be dropping, uh, what is it, Title 42? Is that what it's called? Uh, the, yeah, the, yeah, Title 42. The regulation that, that was giving Border Patrol agents uh, a justification based on COVID situ the COVID situation to turn some people back from the border. Uh, apparently, the Biden administration doesn't want anybody to be uh, prohibited from crossing into this nation. And even Democrats like Joe Manchin are saying this is going to be a catastrophe. Yeah, they were trying to do something to try and hype up for some type of talking points or platform for the campaign trail right now because Democrats have nothing to run on. So they thought they'd go back to the immigration thing, which was kind of funny. Uh, but you're right, with this expiring, now remember, the Biden administration did renew it when they first got into office. So the fact that they're not now uh, really shows the sign that they're pushing something. But now there's a divisiveness within the Democrat Party. You got Joe Manchin, who rightfully so says, wait a second, this is going to destroy us as a Democrats because we're already low in the approval ratings and to allow the uh, to allow the illegal immigrants to flood in and not even have any chance of deportation in any way, shape or form is not going to go well to the independent voters here. On the other flip of the coin, you got the other side of the Democrats, like the AOCs and the B squad, I like to call them, where they say that we need to go Further, and we need to give the amnesty, obviously. We need to allow them to come in. Uh, but remember, she's the one that said that they were drinking out of toilets or something in the uh, 
uh, in the facilities down there at the southern border as well. But there's a major divide in the Democrat Party right now, and he's going down the radical path as opposed to the reasonable path to try and win over some of those independent and moderate voters that are coming up in the midterms. We've come a long way, Rebecca, from the days when the Democrats are screaming about kids in cages on the border uh, under Donald Trump. They uh, kids in cages would be a luxury at this point. And one of the things that this elimination of Title 42 is going to do uh, from what analysts are saying, they're saying that now there will be virtually no manpower left on the border itself. They'll all be processing people in these immigration facilities just doing paperwork because of the sheer volume of people that will be coming across after this is eliminated. It's just such a cluster. It, it, it doesn't, their whole process of trying to do this is just, again, it's idiotic. There, I don't think there is a process to it. These, the fact that you've got kind of backing up. You've got immigrants who have gone through massive process of time and education and money and commitment to become legitimate Americanized people to earn that citizenship. To, they're angry too about watching how this is all being handled and not so much that they're angry at, um, they're, they're upset for the way that their fellow I guess Mexican now American, you know, people are coming through. These aliens are coming through, but they're angry that they're not doing it the right way, and it's making them look bad too. And so, I don't, I don't know. I just, my whole thing is, if you want to come here, come here, do it the right way. And I don't think the Democrats have any idea how to do this the right way because, you know, keep in mind, it creates more of. Um, it creates more of a curtain to be able to pull and veil. And that's just one more thing they can go back to. And, but let's, again, I get caught up when my mind starts going, I, all of a sudden I start seeing all the other aspects of what I should be talking about, like with cartel and with drugs and all that stuff coming across. And then you've got Hunter with it. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I think that they could probably fix it. They just don't want to. Well, a lot of this is about uh, filling up population centers with numbers because it has been ruled that the, cens the census, yeah, the census has to count illegals, whether those illegals can vote or not. Uh, which that's that'll be coming down the road. But at this point, in most places, they can't vote. Those numbers count toward population figures for congressional representation. So it gives urban centers yes. more congressional representation. Uh, Trish, I'm going to change yep. the subject here. And this is this is it for me for tonight. Um, but I thought this was kind of interesting. Uh, AOC is offering her thoughts on why Bo Biden's poll numbers are dropping. We won't even get to oh. that. The only th reason I'm bringing this up is because if you look at the quote here, she says, I will say right now, folks may think that these are kind of independent voters that are contributing to the, his polling and whatnot. What not? What not? What not? So I just wanted to make sure we recognize that Brit is in good company because AOC uses the word whatnot as well. If that's a word. And she's only she's only using it because Brit wants to sleep with her. Just so you know. That's true. I think that's absolutely true. Oh man. Anyway, that's all I've got. Can I throw a jump, 
yeah, jump please, something in there please do. regarding yeah. AOC. Yeah. Uh, we talked about that on the radio program today. She went a bit further, though, and I don't know if you saw her entire quote. She was obviously advocating for the uh, getting rid of all student loans in the country, and she thought that that would, of course, buy an entire generational base for the new Democrats, uh, for the socialists. But she went even further in that statement to say that the president himself has the executive authority outside of congressional approval to remove all $1.7 trillion worth of student loan debt in the nation. That's how loony she is in the lack of understanding she has for our government system. So uh, it's hilarious. She's the low-hanging fruit for us to be able to pick on because she's not the brightest crane in the box. No, that's an excellent point. And and, as I said, I was going to end the show here, but I think that's something we should probably just go around the table with because that is so important. Uh, She said that student loan debt and significant uh, forgiveness of student loans is uh, within the president's power of authority. And um, she said... This is the quote. If the president does pursue and start to govern decisively using executive action and other tools at his disposal, I think we're in the game. So, Rebecca, the one of the people uh, who's a member of the party who keeps claiming that our democracy is under assault, our democracy is being threatened, our democracy is dying in front of us, says that the way the president should govern is like a cheap dictator. That's the way he should do his job, because that's better for the country, according to AOC. You know, as someone who has a gold-plated Trump Tower and student loans, that sounds like an awesome idea. But then I think of when I was teaching, I'm thinking, who is going to pay my salary if everything is free? And what kind of, what, what level of respect does any degree even earn you then? You just become knowledgeable in it, then how are you supposed to just... You're, you're just going to go give your services away now for free because people are going to start saying, well, you learned it for free, so why do I have to pay you for your service? It just all is going to continue to flow from there because these idiots are going to be like, well, you didn't pay, so why do I have to pay? I want something free, and I don't know who's going to pay for that. I think it's all just, it's so backwards the way that these people think. Oh. Yeah, I want my student loans gone. I do, but I don't want it to be laid on the back of America. No freaking way. Yeah, all the all their answer to everything is give money away, give uh, send checks out, Just create more. Some pro- more. That's Just what that's it. their answer to everything. Uh, Trish, it's it. you know it's not lost on us that. The people that preach tolerance the most are the least tolerant among us. The people that preach democracy the most are the least democratic amongst us. Of course, we're talking about AOC, the squad, the liberals, uh, the Democrats. They're, they're the least of those things among us. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and AOC, I, it's, she is just, if you ever need a good laugh, you just have to look for an AOC interview because that's that's all you need. I mean, the girl doesn't didn't know what a garbage disposal was. She couldn't name the three branches. She's a sitting <laughs> congressperson and she couldn't name the three branches of government. That alone, I'm sorry, she should have been disqualified. I like, agree. There should be some kind of test that they have to pass in order to run for office. And you should have to know at least the basics of, you know, how the federal government works. You should know the three branches of government. It, it, she's just, oh my God. I The fact that she continues, and I love, I, she gave an interview once where she was going on and on about this award, and it turned out it was some award she got in high school for some science fair project. And I was like, she's really talking about high school science fair projects. This is her like claim that she has this scientific background and she's what these awards for her science. And I'm like, it was a science fair project you did your junior <laughs> year of high school. You like that's how insane these people are like 
She had a failed business. Did she ever end up paying her back taxes on that failed publishing business that she ran? No idea. I mean, these, these are the things I want to know, but these are the things that our press will never cover because if it's the Democrats, they can do anything they want and nobody cares. But if it's a Republican, you can bet we're going to hear about every bowel movement they have for the next six months, you know, until they mm -hmm. find more garbage on them to, to bring up. So it's it's. AOC, you got to love her. You Speaking love of her. bowel movements, Britt will be back Monday night, so we look forward to him coming back to the show. Andy, once again, tell us where people can hear your radio show, where they can listen, follow, whatever. Yeah, you betcha. I'm based out of Wichita, Kansas. You can find my radio show website at HoosierReason.com. There's no I in Hoosier, even though I'm close to the Indiana State originally where I was born. Uh, uh, HoosierReason.com. Also, HoosierMedia.com. We have our own media company. we got a lot more content we're about ready to punch out with some internet streaming as well. But uh, social media as well, all with the handle at HoosierReason. I'm live every day from 5 to 6 Eastern time on uh, uh, a few different radio stations, a couple TV networks, and then, of course, on the uh, Opslens live stream and uh, Opslens app and website. So uh, we do a show every single day, and uh, we have fun doing it. I appreciate you guys letting me come on today. That was a lot of fun. Well, thanks for being here. I hope you'll agree to come back another time because you were an excellent addition Absolutely. to the group Anytime. here. We, we appreciate it. Rebecca, you do a lot more than just pontificate about politics. Where can people follow what you're doing? Uh, my website, it's godstool.com, G-O-D-S-T-O-O-L.com. And then all my social links are right there at the very top of that homepage of TikTok, Facebook, and YouTube. And then um, I'm also, I do podcast at um, spiritrealm.net. And then I have a paranormal PhD that I do, or we talk about a lot of things, do a lot of readings, and it's just busyness. Godstool.com. Terrific. Thanks yes. for being here, Rebecca. Good to see you again, Trish. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I love having you on the show. Trish, where can people follow you? Uh, well, I do not have a website. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, am, I, am a, I am a conservative professor in a um, public university, so I would rather <laughs> not have to um, share any information about my private life because that would just be um, asking for trouble. So, uh, But if you would like to follow me, I am on Getter. I'm Vixen95Trish, and I'm also on Gab, Vixen Trish. So please feel free to follow me and, you know, drop me a line. All right, everybody. Thanks for being here tonight. Thanks to everyone who joined us on all the various platforms. Please follow, share, like, subscribe, and we'll see. Have a great weekend, by the way, and we'll see you all next week.